Hey everyone, I'm David Chalian, the CNN Political Director. This is the CNN Political Briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Monday, November 9th. President-elect Biden looks ahead, lays out his plans to combat the coronavirus pandemic. We'll discuss that. Plus, President Trump still refusing to concede the election and beginning to lash out. And finally, for the next few months, Georgia will be the center of the political universe. As President-elect Biden indicated in his victory speech Saturday night, getting control of the coronavirus is mission number one for his presidency. And so with that in mind, his first official transition act today was to get a briefing from his coronavirus task force. And not just on the virus itself, but of course, the economic fallout from the battle with the virus in this country. And the goal here, of course, is for the campaign plan to now be turned into an operational government plan that can actually be enacted and executed upon Biden being sworn into office on January 20th. And he instantly, just by the folks he has on this task force, former Surgeon General Vivek Murthy, Rick Bright, you remember the whistleblower in the Trump administration dealing with COVID-related matters, part of this group as well. So you immediately just in personnel have this contrast with the folks like Scott Atlas running this on, on the Trump side. But you also have the contrast between Trump and Biden that was apparent during the campaign and uh, that Biden is going to make the centerpiece of this transition period as well. Uh, as he did today when he spoke to the media. This election is over. It's time to put aside the the partisanship and the rhetoric that designed to demonize one another. It's time to end the politicization of basic responsible public health steps like mask wearing and social distancing. We have to come together to heal the soul of this country so that we can effectively address this crisis as one country where hardworking Americans have each other's backs, and we're united in our shared goal, defeating this virus. Note his call to end the politicization of basic, responsible public health steps like mask wearing. That is going to be something I think you're going to hear from President-elect Biden over the course of these next 10 weeks while we consistently get a different message out of the White House. Now, here's what else matters today. Although it's unclear how much this matters, quite frankly, but Donald Trump refuses to concede the election. Now, there's nothing in law that says somebody who loses an election has to publicly concede in some way to actually transfer power. Joe Biden has been elected president at noon Eastern on January 20th, 2021. Joe Biden will be sworn in and will be the president of the United States, whether or not Donald Trump has ever acknowledged that fact. That just will actually happen. But Here, I think, is where the president's decision not to concede does matter. One, politically, I think it informs us where the Republican Party is headed in terms of an internal conversation, right? There are going to be people like Mitt Romney, who was out acknowledging the reality of the situation this weekend, or the only living former Republican president, George W. Bush, who called Joe Biden and congratulated him on becoming president-elect, called Kamala Harris, congratulated her on becoming vice president-elect, and said, certainly, anybody has a right to go to court and have the court adjudicate any election challenges— I mean, nobody knows that better than George W. Bush, obviously, from 2000 and the way in which he won his first presidential election, but made crystal clear that democracy demands that there is a smooth transfer of power 
And on the other side, you have sort of Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham who are joining that notion of rallying the Trump forces to not give up in thinking that this election has been decided and that it's done. Here's Lindsey Graham speaking on Fox News Radio today. I don't know if it will flip the election, but I do know this. It deserves to be looked at, and this election is by no means over. I mean, it's pretty clear it's not going to flip the election, so you kind of have to wonder what Lindsey Graham is doing here. These are people who clearly do not want to be on the wrong side of Donald Trump's voters and on the wrong side of Donald Trump, which just shows you, despite his loss, how much influence and power he is still going to wield inside the Republican Party. The other side of not conceding the election is that Donald Trump is going to seek every which way to still wield his power and lash out and create an administration and a government even in its final 10 weeks to his liking. So today on Twitter, he fired his defense secretary, Mark Esper. He said he's been terminated. And uh, this is probably just the very beginning of what is to take place in terms of Donald Trump uh, exercising his authority as president. If you are in the Trump administration and you are not sort of rallying the charge to keep the fight going and not concede, not give in a moment to the reality that Joe Biden has been elected, you know, if you're not doing all of that, as Donald Trump wants you to, your job is probably at risk. But the president and his Twitter feed is not going to be stopped for these next 10 weeks. Don't expect Donald Trump to change his behavior. And I think today firing his defense secretary makes clear that simply will not be the case. And finally, Georgia on our minds. It is amazing enough to see a state like Georgia flip from red to blue in the presidential contest. But what is going to be more amazing is how it is going to become the center of the political universe over these next many weeks before the January 5th runoffs. Two Georgia Senate runoffs and balance of power in the United States Senate is up for grabs depending on the results of these Georgia runoff races. Neither John Ossoff, the Democrat, or David Perdue, the incumbent Republican senator, got to 50% plus one in that Senate contest. So that is headed for a runoff on January 5th. And in the other contest, the Republican incumbent senator who was appointed to the seat Kelly Loeffler, you know, she had a split conservative field with Doug Collins, the congressman from Georgia. So nobody got even close to 50 percent plus one in that race. That is going to be a runoff as well between Loeffler and Reverend Raphael Warnock of the Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta. He is the Democratic nominee in that race. So you've got two critical Senate races and the power control of the United States Senate hangs in the balance of what happens in those Senate races, whether or not Joe Biden enters office with a Democratic Senate or a Republican controlled Senate, obviously will change the calculus on everything in terms of a Biden administration. That's it for today's political briefing. And before we go, I'd like to let you know that on Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern, I'll be joining CNN's Dana Bash, Abby Phillip and John King for a special live streamed conversation about the 2020 election results and what they mean for the road ahead. What's Next America is presented by Citizen by CNN, and you can register for it at CNN.com slash Citizen 2020. Thanks so much for listening. And please take a moment to be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. 
Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii.